back for PWW Talk Episode 7. I am back today. I am him. I am G. I am back with my co-host. Guys, say what up. Hey, it's Elias. Hi, Izzy. You said nothing without saying while saying a lot. I, I understood what you were gonna go for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are back again for episode seven with all wait of. Minute, the- wait a minute! Wait a minute! You didn't let the favorite co-host say hi. I did. Yeah, he went first. Okay, Ezekiel. Oh, you, forgot, you only introduced half your demeanor. No, listen, listen. We're starting it off early, I guess, with this freaking guy. Let's go! Come on. I'm Elias. Nope. <laughs> Come on, George. What's what's what do you want to say? Okay. No. Well, first of all, I forgot what the word I was supposed to include in the intro was. Rami, if you could say it for us, I forgot what it was. Who's Rami? Ezekiel. Yeah, who's Elias. Rami? Sassy. Whatever. Sassafras. Sassafras. We're back again with all the sassafras that you could want and need in a wrestling podcast. <laughs> that might be our new slogan. Uh, so we're gonna jump right into this. Yeah. This time we're gonna start on the WWE side of things. The better uh, side. The better side, indeed. But that's not up for us. Um, this past week on Monday Night Raw, we had Sasha and Naomi walk out. I want to say it was after the show started, since they did that audible in the middle of the show where they changed the main event. But it could have been prior to, and maybe they thought they were just went out I for coffee. Like yeah, allegedly it was in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, so that's what, because they announced that original main event. So when the show started, the original main event was a six-pack challenge that featured Asuka, Becky... <laughs> Uh, Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, Sasha Banks, and Naomi. And then 20 minutes into the show, as soon as they aired that little program, like the little teaser for the main event, they went to a backstage interview where Becky was bugging Adam Pierce for a one-on-one with Asuka. That set the stage for a new main event, uh, one-on-one to determine the number one contender for Bianca Belair's championship. Later on in the show, it was referenced by Corey Graves talking about they went home unprofessionally and then following the show, WWE released their statement talking about Sasha and Naomi left their championship belts on John Laurinaitis's belt desk before walking out. How do you guys feel about this? What are your theories? Let's start unpacking this. Okay, so I think Sasha is the queen, and she can do whatever she wants in life, and I will support her. Okay. okay. That's um, a pretty unbiased answer. It is very unbiased, you know. Um, Naomi? Um, you know, she's related to the Usos, so nothing's going to happen. She's dating one of the Usos, so nothing's going to happen to her. We aren't in Alabama. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, I think. <laughs> um, You're so stupid for saying that. No one's going to get no one's going to get in trouble because they won't let Sasha go because she makes too much money. As I told you last night, which I think you were wrong about. I think Sasha is the Roman of the women's division. It is not Charlotte. Okay. Really? Uh, yes. Um, Fascinating opinion. Anna. I like it. We're gonna unpack that a different day, but not right now. But keep going, Dakota. Sure. We got the freaking we got the petting zoo over here talking too. When I'm talking. What's hey, sassy on? boy, go on. Yeah, sassy boy. So I think everything's gonna be fine. It's not a shoot. Vince is mad. You know, he's 900 years old. Okay, but he'll get over it because he can't let Sasha leave. Because she's she can do so much more with movies and her her cousin is Snoop Dogg like she's fine she yeah. I think it was good for talent and shows that they can't walk all over them and that sometimes the storyline is stupid and that maybe some people should retire that is it. that is where I'm going and that is my final answer 
You want to so talk about I, people retiring so bad? I know you do. I what? I said, you want to talk about people retiring so bad? I know you do. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to that um, later, though. So uh, I don't know if it's a work. I don't think it's a work. I hope it's not a work. But if it is, that would be, they better seize it with fucking heat like crazy. Like both of them better become part of the bloodline or something and, you know, change things up big time. But personally speaking, I, I they're definitely not going to get fired because AEW is a big threat. I think that rumor was confirmed today or something that like they would never let them go because AEW is too big of a threat. Personally, I think uh, whether it's Naomi or Sasha, the only thing that's going to end up happening, if it's real, is just them getting written off or just them not being on TV for the rest of their contract for a pretty long period of time. I mean, it's not even Vince that pissed her off or that, that Sasha pissed off. It was a couple of producers, apparently. So, like, he definitely does not have the creative team behind her. Uh, personally, I love Sasha. I think that whatever she wants, like you said, whatever she wants, she should get. But that's also a little unfair to everyone else. So, in the end here, they can't give her a favoritism thing, even though they did it with Jimmy last year, Jimmy Uso, I think, uh, with the DUI and all that. I think this one here what one is the third one, the fourth he, one. Right. But my point is that when he had it, they even had that, like, they even just announced a policy, like the policy a few months before that they still let him slide. You know, they just put him off TV for a couple of weeks, let him slide because he's Roman Reigns, his right hand. Or they definitely, they definitely still show favoritism though. Like they should every company everywhere does. Absolutely. But the thing is, that was a DUI. If it, this is more of a backstage, it's, it's like, you know, if they let her slide with, or let them both slide with this, it's a very bad look because it shows that it's not just favoritism on a DUI is different than favoritism when some employee oh, acts the different? wrong way. It, she's acting the wrong how way. Is, Every other employee will think they have the right to do that. DUI she, people know you're she, not. Jimmy could, have, Jimmy could have killed somebody. I know, dude. I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, do I think they should have stayed consistent and su suspended him? Absolutely. But the Roman line, the storyline was the main thing there. So I get it. Like, I'm not saying, like, it's the right thing, but they decided that's what's best for business. They couldn't, afford, here, at that time, they couldn't afford at that time to mess up the storyline. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but here now, like, if they let this slide, that means that they're basically giving a green light to every future employee to go, to, to basically be a dick, to basically do whatever they think is best. If they don't like what creative gives them, then that's going to be a problem. Do you think what Sasha disliked here is the worst creative story that they've ever come up with? I mean, no, not by any stretch. Like, there's a million stories that are way worse that people sucked it up and did it. But she is feeling entitled. And the thing is, even though she's amazing, great. I think she's the, my favorite wrestler on the roster, as a, a female wrestler on the roster. That doesn't mean that she will be able to do that because it sets an example for every future employee to be just in like obnoxious and self-entitled that's the problem here a DUI, I, you know it's different i'm gonna this. i'm gonna jump in here so Go i understand it. your point about like they're probably gonna do something to discipline them uh teach them a lesson whatever they decide to do that's up to wwe i don't know how soon that comes it might be a while maybe they get pulled off tv down the line something like yeah. that i don't think we'll see it right away i think once they come back they'll jump right back onto television They'll still have the belts. I don't see them being stripped of the championships. It's kind of, it's it's off the point of, this is based off of, hey, creative sucks right now and they're not using us correctly. Okay, so right. first of all, like, like we've spoken about, I spoke to both of you about this individually. 
you know, they're both champions. There's only like so much you can say, ah, you're not using me correctly. The women's tag team titles have never been used correctly in WWE. We know this. They created the division to kind of just create the division. They never needed a WWE women's tag team division, but here we are. And we've been dealing with this problem since the belts have been accepted. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is like you're both some of the biggest superstars who are former world champions, respectively, each of you who have both won at WrestleMania at this point. Obviously, Sasha never got a one on one win, but that'll come down the line. Naomi had her biggest win of her career at WrestleMania. So that leads us to it's kind of like, you know, it's like they've both been used great in the past. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, at the moment they can be frustrated. This can be a big misunderstanding, but I don't think it'll go on as long as people expect it to. I don't know how they're going to punish him. Like I said, they're not going to pull him from TV. You need your tag belt champions around. It doesn't make sense to pull him for six months and then just introduce them both. However, also, I, I think both women want to be there you for might bring them both back as heels. Both women want to be for the stadium shows as well. You know, they don't want to miss that. That's going to be an extra bonus paycheck. Each of those big shows because of the audiences they're going to bring in. It's a lot you think that... out quicker than I think Thank we you. expect. George, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you guys a question real quick. Do you guys think that Sasha and Naomi, or Sasha, assuming that she was the one leading and Naomi just followed here, do you think that they expected this outcome to be like it did? Like, I mean, frankly, I don't, I don't think, think they cared. They didn't care. Okay. So they didn't care. That means that either their contracts are near up and they didn't like this and they said, you know, I'm willing to get to just sit at home and collect the paycheck for six months or whatever. Um, because apparently Sasha's contract either ends this year or ends in 2024. Uh, not sure which, but in the end, they definitely factored a negative ne- negative outcome into it. And with the story that WWE did here, where before even the end of Raw, it was like 10.30 or something, they made that announcement. They made that uh, statement. The statement talked about them, what they did backstage, just, you know, submitting the titles in front of on John, John Laurinaitis' desk. And everything even mentioning how WWE is a scripted show, which, you know, that threw me off. I feel like that was definitely them trying to control the narrative because they expected just shit to unfurl out of this. And so if they bring Sasha and Naomi back on after doing that, like where they, that statement, they were trying to get ahead of it and they didn't do it right in my opinion, because like it didn't accelerate yet or anything. But if they did that, you think they're just going to bring them back on like freshly they will have to sit down. They will have to pay their penance times 10 if they ever do come back. And that has to be like months down the line. They have to make an example out of them. There's no way they don't. That would just be like the worst thing as an employer. See, but I the mean, I, I get what you're saying, like where you want to make the example. But at the same time, this is your top guys where these are some of your top women. It's like Naomi's always Naomi's been in that top 10 since she's got her her first singles run since she broke up with the Funkadactyls. So this isn't just your ordinary, this isn't Mustafa Ali, this isn't somebody that's in the mid-card, this isn't somebody that's not on TV. These are stars that you use often, so that's why I think you don't punish them as hard and you bring them quicker back than you would somebody that isn't as high on the card. And then it gives a green light to every upper mid-carder. Yes, but I think, why? Because it wasn't mid-carders that ran out, it was top stars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it doesn't correlate the same to the mid-carters, is my point. The mid-carters, they'll just release and build new ones. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I was trying to get at. Like well, upper mid-card. I mean, Sasha's a main eventer, but at the moment, she's an upper mid-card. That's what no, I mean. she's yeah, still sure. Go ahead. Yeah, she's still they, a main eventer, though. You they, don't still have her, they still have her on all the They still have her on all the trucks. They have her on the posters. She's not a, she's because she's had that, that title. She's still a main event person. That's why they put the title on her. 
so it gets a little more recognition, you know, and they just have gold around it. I think they're bringing back, like I said, as heels and embrace this whole thing. That'd be cool, though. I would like to see them come back as heels. I think I think that's something maybe, like, what you need with the women's tag team division is you need them to choose a direction. Like, it would be nice to have heel champions that actually, like, push a storyline forward instead of just having heel champions to have heel champions like the Carmella or Zelina stuff. Or if you go back as long as any heel champion for the women's division. And then it's like the faces, it's just like, oh, we're the tag team champions and we're on TV. Like, they need a big storyline for them. And that's kind of where I understand their frustrations. Um, I think we'll see. I think we have to give it a couple more weeks to see how this plays out. We'll definitely keep this updated on the pod. Let's jump into another um, another leaving of going home. And that is Stephanie McMahon today. Uh, announced on Twitter, starting tomorrow, she's going to take some time away from the business, away from the backstage area. She's going to go home, take care of her family, and just take a break from wrestling. How do we feel about that? Do we think there's something bigger behind this? How, how are we feeling? Um, it could I be something. Go ahead. It could be something with Triple H, but it could be that she just, you know, needs a vacation because she's been doing it for so long. Everyone deserves a vacation. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that. I don't think it is anything bigger. I think it is just a case of, hey, like maybe a little burnout or maybe even her roles diminish some, like with all of the changes going on backstage and whatnot. So maybe like she can afford to take a vacation now, take that break. And when she comes back, she'll slide right back into what she was doing. Big facts. Uh I hope it's nothing serious, but I mean, her statement of saying that she's going to stay at home so she can take care of the family. I mean, it's not like they can't afford a nanny, you know, so. No, but people. you have to think uh, it's summer break is coming up for the kids because her kids are both old enough to be in school and everything. So it could Fair just enough. be a case of spending the summer together and maybe when she comes back in the fall. But hopefully when she comes back, we get to see her on TV again. As much as I like Adam Pierce as the quote-unquote official maybe having her do one brand and him on the other would be a nice change up of pace instead of seeing adam pierce uh working his butt off on both brands as the acting gm on tv mm. i really miss the authority heel or face authority doesn't matter i, just I miss john lornitis me john too Lord? i like john lornitis <laughs> on tv people power he might yeah, have right. he might have started all this bs backstage with creative but we can still put him on tv and make him a great heel i think bring johnny yeah. ace back bring him back his voice bring is Johnny a perfect back. voice. Bring the Bellas back. Bring them all back. Bring back the whole family. Bring the Bellas back, he said. Okay. <laughs> that, includes, that includes the goat man. Over on <laughs> we'll, Yeah. We'll, we'll talk I mean, about that. He's missing a leg now, man. So. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get to that, hopefully. Uh, the next thing is, this past SmackDown, I, I really enjoyed overall. I guess, like I've talked about, SmackDown's kind of fixing their direction. It's not quite where it was, but there's been some good on it. Last week, I brought up to you guys talking about, hey, we need a wrestling match each week. So, you know, Raw, we get that through Cody each week. We get a 20-minute Cody match when he wrestles. It's great. We love it. You know, it's the pro wrestling we're missing in the WWE side. Uh, On Friday, WWE decided to open the show with Riddle and Sami Zayn, or if you want to call them Rusty, whichever one you prefer. Uh, They decided they started the show together, and they had about a 15-minute match, and it was just a great wrestling match overall. And, you know, Sami was playing the heel part. He was doing the little WWE gimmicks, cheating, stuff like that. But overall, it was a solid wrestling match. Probably one of the best we've had on SmackDown all year as a whole. I was just curious how you guys felt about it. Um, how do you guys feel about professional wrestling being a part of WWE again, slowly but steadily? How do we feel here? Um, what do you mean again? Sorry, just... Come on now. What, did they play rock, paper, scissors every week? They did. 
Maybe they actually have a couple of times, but still. I mean, <laughs> like, You're talking about WWE here. They definitely have a couple of times. No, but just the emphasis. They've done weddings. Yeah. God forbid. Like, like just, the, just the emphasis on all of it. You know, like, we don't get to see Roman well, wrestling every week. I think, well, Go ahead. like you said, Riddle, so Riddle and Sammy are just both great wrestlers. Sammy's also just a good entertainer. Riddle's just mm-hmm. good at everything he does, you know. I still think he's a future champion. I know I don't know how or when because he's not beating Roman, but I do think he deserves a small one because he is 40 years old or 38. I didn't know he was that old until when we were looking into it a couple weeks ago. Riddle's 38? Yeah, he's old. Wow. Um, he's 36, okay. He's not one of our young stars, unfortunately. No, but, he, but the thing is, he's so in shape that he could probably go to 45, 46. But yeah. he also has kids, so I don't think he wants to do that. But um, but then again, AJ said he wanted to retire for freaking, you know, five years ago. And now he and, signed for another five years. Yeah, that's right. Hey, money talks, right? These dang pro wrestlers. Um, I just think no they're both great entertainers and everything. And I just think that uh, Riddle can make anyone look good, though, in the general scheme of things either way. So, so any points on this? I, no, I, I, I like the match a lot. I personally have been a big fan of Riddle even since, I mean, for a long time now. And, and originally when I heard that Brock Lesnar hated him, I thought he was about to get buried. Thank God he went under Randy Orton's wing. And, you know, now he's basically, like, he even got his blessing to be the next inheritor of the RKO, which the RKO is, like, one of their most played bits on TV and all that. And so they're leaning into Riddle a lot, so much so that rumor is the next person to compete with Roman for the WWE Championship, the Raw title. So, which means that they're not uh, unified. Riddle's around your age, isn't he, Remy? <laughs> I hate you. Um, so, what is apparently the rumor is that it's going to be either Riddle or Randy Orton that it's going to face him at Hell in a Cell, not Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank. And that probably means that either one of them is going to betray the other and to be able to get it, or just one of them is going to fight Roman. And I don't think either of them is going to win the title even though I would love to see Roman with a championship, like you mentioned, Riddle, I mean, with a championship. Uh, the way I see it, Riddle is a talent, and he could be the next heir apparent like Randy Orton is, even though he hasn't been around so much. I have not seen WWE mention weed as much as they have these last, like, two months. Every other, like, joke in their promos is about 420 or whatever the hell it is. They're leaning into him heavily, and kids love him, and they're gonna maximize that. I don't think they're gonna bury him, so I'm all for Riddle. Um, so I, so I saw that report. I don't know if someone in the page posted it about the Randy Orton or Riddle thing. I don't think it's gonna be Riddle. It's gonna be Randy because you. I think I honestly think that Randy would win the title from Owens because could he's not wrestling right now, right? Um. Since he's not down here, I'm sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm gonna jump in there since you lost your train of thought. I could see it. No, going. I remember, I remember, I remember. Okay. You go first, then. Are you sure? Yes, you go first. Um, so I just feel like that you can't have Riddle win because it would make Roman look bad in a sense, and Randy is more of a formidable, uh, a formidable opponent, and you know you'd expect him to lose to him. Um, but besides that, yeah, that's what I, that's my thoughts personally. I see it going uh, one of two ways with the whole Orton Riddle versus Roman. So it's either going to be we get Riddle first and then Orton for what like so I don't think we're getting Roman at the Hell in a Cell has been confirmed, but we'll see if they change that over the next few weeks. 
But I could see Riddle and Roman being the main event for that. And then Orton gets the second title shot and you do one after the other. The next one, the other option though from there is you could, I could also see it going. You just skip to Randy, Randy versus Roman. You do it two pay-per-views in a row because you would assume that's going to be one of the stadium made events. And then that's how you set up the Riddle versus Randy match, their breakup. And then you have that take uh, place later on in the summer at a different stadium show. I mean, I would assume that one is going to be at Money in the Bank and the next one would be SummerSlam. That's probably the next pay-per-view after that, or live yeah. event, premium. Yeah, you're, you're, you're looking at them, right? It goes, we have Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank, and um, SummerSlam, and then Clash at the Castle are the next four pay-per-views. So there's yeah. a lot to set up, and I think each stadium show has to be a little more unique with the card. I'm, You know, we'll see Definitely. some traditional WWE rematches, but to sell out three stadiums in two months, basically, or three, two and a half months, you got to do something special with them. So yeah. that's why I don't think I, it'll be full rematches in the same old. I really hope they don't continue just making the Usos versus RK Bro and all this for like the next three or four months. They're great competitors, performers, everything, but they need to freshen it up soon. That's why I'm really hoping that this Sasha thing is at work. Tomorrow we will we'll find out a little bit at least. Okay. Um, would you rather, okay, put it this way, if one is facing him at Money in the Bank and next is facing the SummerSlam, who would you rather see win the title, Orton or Riddle? If I had to choose one, I'd rather see, I would probably want to rather see Orton. I don't think it's Riddle's time yet, and it wouldn't make sense with knowing that Riddle and Orton have a whole feud potentially coming up. Yeah. Why, why would why would Orton turn on Riddle for winning the title? It would make more sense of a younger a younger guy like Riddle turning on Orton after Orton would win the title. Because Orton has been trying to play his mentor this whole time, so why wouldn't Orton want to mentor him still through the championship reign? They could easily be the. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but Devil's Advocate here easily do it as what they did with Evolution when Orton won the title, and the next day on Raw, it was uh, Triple H that was jealous in essence, and you know did the whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing when Randy Orton won his first title. Could be exactly that. Riddle's, Riddle wins the title, and then Orton is jealous, bitter, whatever you want to say. And so he ends up betraying him because he wants the top title. Possibility. I like it. There's a lot that we can do. Uh, speaking of titles, champions, all of this, defending championships, Ronda this past Friday started off her title reign in a big way, came out, celebrated her championship reign. You know, she beat Charlotte. She did that. She talked her crap. Uh, obviously we don't know what's going to come up for her for the pay-per-view, but they, she announced she was going to be a fight-in champion. So Raquel Rodriguez came out and gave Ronda a great first match as a title defense. I think we're definitely seeing Ronda get in the form with her championship, um, with her yeah. matches and just getting back into the flow of things. She's getting into better shape. It's great to see. How do we feel about Ronda being a fight-in champion this time around? Obviously the last time she was in WWE, she did some house shows when she was champion. She was at the pay-per-views, but it feels like this time around, she's really more of a full-timer, especially with the announced schedule of all the house shows they're doing this summer, and they're going to have Ronda headline a bunch of them. How do we feel about this? So, um, real quick, I wanted to say that I like Ronda. Her matches are getting better, and she's starting to sell. But I'm bigger. I think I'm at this point now where I watch UFC more consistently, which is just from, you know, doing it every weekend. So it's like a habit at this point more and more. I When I see her, I still think UFC. So I find it kind of cringy. Like, I can't look at her as a, you know, does that make sense? No, I, I get that 100%. 
I think I think that's still part of the draw of her though is like when you see her you still think of the UFC fighter the heavyweight champion um, that lost three uh, straight times in under thirty seconds each time. Yeah, yeah, we 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 know why her UFC career ended. Thanks, buddy. But okay, buddy. <laughs> that's still Listen, you're just mad. Oh, that's still kidding. that's still the appeal to the you know the casual fan, the fans that aren't big WWE people. That's why they look at her still as a draw as a top talent is they can put her face up and it's like hey look we have former UFC world champion Ronda Rousey. They got knocked out in 30 seconds in three laps. Yeah, fights. you know, actually, actually, now that you mentioned it, I think if you look at the bottom of the billboards and the posters with her, they might have that in fine print somewhere. Sure. <laughs> you just got to keep your eye out for it. Um, real quick, I just yeah. wanted to say this, and it's totally unnecessary and not related, but I had to say something just for everybody out there, okay? The Celtics are almost up by 30, just so everyone's aware. Go team. I'm watching you. Oh, the voice of the voiceless over here. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything coming from you. You hear that, wrestling community? We can do a basketball podcast, too. Yes. Listen. Let's <laughs> go Boston. I'm going to I'm gonna um, not translate. What the heck is the word? I'm going to move us over to the AEW side of things now. I can't think of the word. I can't believe I can't think of the word. Anyway, we're going to talk about AEW now. Transition. Our transition. Let's go Thank Brooklyn you. Fan. There we go. The facts. The transition. We don't have any transition offense. That's why I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> so going over to the AEW side, we're going to transition to the other wrestling company. Uh, the first thing that we have on the agenda for today was the Owen Cart, Owen Hart Cup. Owen Cart? <laughs> Owen Cart. I don't know what just happened there. The Owen Hart tournament continued this week. We saw Adam Cole. De- Baby! Nervous. We saw Adam Cole defeat Jeff Hardy. Broad. We saw Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Ray Phoenix. Obviously. Let's go. Let's go, team. Adam Cole, Bebe. We saw the Joker. Johnny yeah. Elite. Oh, Johnny Elite, the 50th name. Let's go. I think he lost to Samoa Joe, right? He lost? He did, yes. yes. Okay, that's what I wanted to confirm. And then uh, Britt Baker defeated, uh, what's Shorty's name, Rami? Maki Ito. Which I actually genuinely enjoyed her gimmick. Yes, can I she say was, one thing about great. her real quick? Yeah, you can. Can you imagine her versus Asuka? That shit would be awesome. I think it would be incredible. I really liked her. Like, you know, obviously when I, I didn't watch it live last night, I watched it a couple hours later. And like when they when they Not announced the Joker, when they announced the Joker, I was like, ah, oh, it's another one of the generic NG, like New Japan's. Like you know, they're great wrestlers, but their gimmicks aren't as emphasized. Well, when I got to watching that match last night, and I saw how over the top her gimmick was in the in ring work, I genuinely enjoyed fantastic. the match. I was genuinely happy that's who they had. As much as I want to see Ember Moon make that jump and like establish herself in that women's division, it was awesome to see that surprise, and I really enjoyed it. And like Rami, like Rami, you want to talk about. Why do you think the internet uh, reacted the way it did when she was the Joker? I think I, I'm very surprised by it, frankly. Like, I mean, th- I heard the, about that rumor that it might be heard, like, maybe the night before Dynamite. But everyone was set that it was going to be Athena, Ember Moon. And I feel like maybe that, like, everyone expecting her. They couldn't expect, didn't she just have a kid, like, three months ago? I have no idea. Personally, I'm not a big fan of her. I don't think that she's anything that, this is why it's kind of throwing me off. Like why what that means? there was a universal opinion that everyone was mad that it was her, even though if that was the first match you ever saw of Maki Ito, that was very impressive. Her gimmick was solid. She sold the fans. She was inter- entertaining. Everything was pretty good, honestly. And I mean, I just don't understand why people dislike that a lot. But on the note of Johnny Elite, I found it hilarious that AEW's official Twitter actually made like tag johnny gargano by accident i thought that was like a joke and like a fake screenshot until i heard that it was actually real 
that is such an error that I mean, if I was John Morrison, I'd be insulted as fuck. Just no, say. he should be insulted, and you want you want to know why he should be insulted? Because that's He's who like, the AEW fan base wanted as the Joker, and that's not who they got. So it was kind of right. like had to, it was kind of like they kind of forgot they weren't getting who they wanted, but they still wanted to try to act like they did. It was definitely an interesting error there. Uh, Johnny Elite and Samoa Joe, you know, it was just another match. It wasn't anything over the top. It was decent for both men. Uh, nothing special. It was, but it's cool how they set it up. I mean, obviously the Joker could have been more a, be, a better surprise, but it, John Morrison's a perfect signing for them if they do sign him. It was never announced that he is all elite. Not that I've seen in the last 24 hours, unless I missed it today. But he I, would be I a heard. perfect signing for them because he's an, he's a veteran who doesn't need to be on TV every week. And when you do use him, he'll be able to give you a good match that's consistent. And that's something they're missing as they brought in all these former WWE guys, it's people that you would want ideally on TV every week. Keith Lee, Aleister Black, uh, Swerve, Strickland. All of these guys are people that you want to use every week and develop and use on your program weekly. While Johnny Elite can be someone that you use on the darks, the elevations, and then you have him pop out for the occasion. Oh, you mean, you mean like every All Elite wrestler after three weeks? Yeah, but John Morrison is perfect <laughs> for that, is my point. When all these other superstars who they should be using weekly aren't perfect for that role. Apparently, uh, he's still signed with uh, AAA, so I'm not sure if that means that he's this is a one-off or not. I'm actually trying to check that right now if there's any update um, on his contract status. But can I if he's, say something? Go ahead. go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you talk. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not sure if he's signed with AEW long time or full time or if it's just a one-off. I have a big criticism as to the one-offs too. I agree with you there. So I think first off, I want to say that since Remy doesn't like Ember Moon, I am her biggest fan. Just so we're all on the same page. You're salty as fuck. Um, opposite day again, bro. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to say, I want to tell you, I you want can I give my opinion on how the own heart thing's gonna end? You know, honestly, we might be a podcast and all, but we don't like opinions here, so please don't. Okay. Yeah, please. But apparently, Morrison was not signed for anything more than just a one-off promote up appearance, allegedly. All right, Dakota, I'll give us your uh, opinion, please. You said you didn't care about the opinion. I'm good. No, no, no I care now. Now tell us. Okay, so. The next match is going to be, um, it's going to be, I'm kind of looking at it. So it's going to be Kyle. I was getting there. No, he already lost that. So that means, okay, so Adam Cole is already in the finals is what we're saying. He beat Jeff Jeff Hardy last, he beat Jeff Hardy yesterday, right? Yeah. So he is in the finals. Wow. I don't understand how that, you're right. If this damn tournament was thought out correctly, the fans wouldn't be so confused. The thing that doesn't make sense though is now that Kyle O'Reilly has to face Samoa Joe. And then Jeff and then Adam Cole doesn't have to face anybody. Why did they do it that way? Because the finals are going to be a double or nothing. So why does Adam Cole get a week off and Samoa Joe doesn't? Or at, the tournament Iowa? wasn't booked correctly, and this none of this makes sense to anyone but at Tony Khan. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay, so can I? All right, so here's what I think is going to happen. I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to win. We're going to get Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, and then I think Kyle O'Reilly. Let's Adam Cole pin him immediately. Interesting. That would Interesting. be such a cool swerve for like the pay per view, but at the same time, that's such a not pay per view like worthy moment. Unless, yeah. unless why not? You want to expect it. Unless you do that setup, like unless you do that match like that, and then you do the setup for the New Japan stuff the next month, the Bullet Club invades. No one cares about New Japan. No, but I'm talking about your pay per view. You can't just have him lay down on the pay per view. Like if you're gonna advertise this match, 
I don't think it's going to be like that, but it would be interesting if it is. Because if you remember yesterday with the Britt Baker and Matt match, that was the original. That was like the first few seconds of the match where so he like, laid down. So for that, actually, for the women's, it's Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. That is absolutely incredible. It's going to be Baker. Does, does, I was say, does Britt Baker let someone get over on her? I I don't know about that. Um, it's weird also because apparently Britt Baker was turning face. That's what the rumor was. And Tony Storm, I don't even know what the hell Tony Storm's persona is. I don't think I've heard her, her speak. She's in between her vibes. So did, I heard her speak with that interview with uh, the horrible person. Tony Chivani? No. No, whoever the shit backstage with. I know which one you're talking about. Uh, the one that apparently I saw is in a lot of heat with like CM Punk and everybody. Um, what's that guy that does that show? Uh, behind the character or under the character or out of character? I don't know who it are is. You, are you talking about Dark Side of the Ring? No, no, out of character on WWE. Oh, I don't watch those shows, dude. I have... Sorry, why do you not watch them? That's not very w, That's Ryan, not very wrestling podcast. Ryan Satin. Ryan okay. Satin. He doesn't work for AEW. I didn't say. No, he said the interview. You said backstage. He said the interview. That was my fault. I said the backstage. I thought you were talking about the backstage interview she did like in this past week. But she did one. Well, I don't know. All I anyway, know is that. So why don't we talk about. It doesn't matter. I think Cole and Baker would win. Though, so why don't we talk about sense. how garbage that Jeff Hardy match was? You didn't like it? You weren't a fan? I you just, hate to admit it, but I was not a fan. First off. You let Jeff do his entrance, okay? It's your main event. You have a poster made. I, up. I, literally, that yeah. I literally had I a poster made. I knew that's what you were mad about. I meant to text you when I watched last night. Really? I swear to God. I watched it, and I was like, that's definitely what it was. They let you let. Listen, the thing that. All right, you know what? Here's my rant of the podcast, okay? Right, <laughs> okay? I am comfortable. Listen, I'm going to lay it all out here, okay? <laughs> all right, lay it all out. You let, you make a poster, okay, okay. for the main event, right? Yep, it's like, yep. did you guys see that poster? It was Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, did you see the poster they made, though? No. No. Nah. Okay, I'm going to send that in the little chat real quick, okay? Okay. But I want you to know this. So you're going to look at this, right? Three, two, one, and boom, 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 okay? They made this dope-looking poster, okay? Like, 2008 you know, WWE type poster, right? Do you guys see it now? Yep, I'm looking at it now. You make that poster, okay? And then Jeff's coming out, okay? And Adam Cole just interrupts it and beats him up from the back, okay? Which makes no sense. It's your main event. You have a poster made specifically for this match. When have they done that before? Never, Okay. And they ruin it like that. And they and no one listens. No one does it really. Because they're like, why didn't you just do your normal entrance and get the pop that you deserved when you did it? Okay. But no, you had to ruin Jeff's maybe one of his last five entrances. Don't, don't say that, man. Don't say it's one of his last. I hope not. He's really? still got a feud with the Bucks going, so 
If you want, yeah, if the you box. Want... Oh, here we go with the box. Oh my, George. Oh yeah, I forgot. God forbid. Sorry. No, I mean it's George? the Hardys versus the Bucks. So you are. Yeah, the Young Bucks. Oh my God. Listen, we're not going to get into that. My point is, they I'm botched. You know who you want to win, no? I mean, my bad. Go ahead, bro. They botched the end of the Jeff and Adam Cole match. Okay. Okay. Every yeah. week there's a new botch. Okay. Yep, we know. And, we watch them. And it's just it makes no sense to me. Why would you ruin the match like that? Like, I don't care, Tony. You say you work all weekend to get the show right. Maybe you should spend a little less time, get some sleep, and not mess up. That is funny. Uh, can I say my opinion as to why, or theory as to why that happened? Because I agree with you there. But they definitely had been running short. You asked if I didn't answer if you could. Sorry? You asked if you could share it. I didn't say yes yet. But yes, you can. Go ahead. I assume. Thank you. Um, uh, so I oh. didn't know I didn't know that they were short on time until you see that they had less than t- oh, 10 minutes left then, for the main event. And then when you say they're short on time. Thank no, you. No, they right? were short on time. They did say but, they were short on time. Even at the they end, said, like, we're going to let this go on as long um, as yes. And then guess what time the match ends? Right on time. Nine or two minutes early. Nine. Yes, yes. I agree. Isn't I mean, that ironic? Keep in mind, Mind you that, like, also, they it's not like they have a watch on or anything, but the ref is there to give that, like, he gives them hints as to how much time is left on the airtime. No, and, I, I mean, I get, I, I'm not criti- I'm not saying that this was all planned more than just, like, that's probably why they cut out the intro to start. Like, they were trying to, they, they thought it would save them a good couple of minutes. And, I mean, in the end, they ended up improvising well enough to be on time. But the point I agree though, with is that They should cherish his said, intro. They said... We're uh, we're gonna be able to run this past the timestamp, like George said. They do that every week, and then it randomly end do one they? minute before. Yes, every week. No, no. Okay, so I did say this to Dakota. I didn't just say that in the pod, but I'll repeat the point. So every week in the main event, if you pay attention, they say we're gonna stick with the action until it ends. Uh, like TBS will let us stick with the action till it ends, and then the match always ends on time moments before. They did advertise the one time they had the runoff for the Samoa Joe. Uh, attack by the guy that debuted that everyone was mad about Sutton, i'm saying yes yep they did advertise they were gonna have a runoff that night but it was only for two minutes so they didn't even have to advertise that they could have just let it run but you know well they i i think they do that because or i'm not sure about the part like yesterday because they didn't go over but when they do go I just over, know that they act kevin owens knew they, i know but i think the point is, is that they lie and if kevin owens knew they lied he'd be very upset <laughs> I so my last point that I want to touch on before we move on from this Owen Hart Cup stuff is the poster that Dakota sent me really bothers me how Adam Cole is all one color themed and then Jeff Hardy's blue and pink instead of just being all blue or all pink. I just want to point that out. I don't like the way they designed that poster and I have complaints. Well, clearly the point is they did that on purpose because the makeup, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's not a good looking poster, right? They they should have made it better. That's all I'm saying. They should have also, I mean, I thought um, that poster looked way sicker than their normal generic, you know, face-to-face graphics, that kind of thing. This actually looks awesome. It looks. Yeah, unique. but they didn't show that poster on TV. They showed the face-to-face graphic. I'm with you. I didn't see that poster until right now. Dakota, <laughs> so. Well, you saw it here first. Call me. Call me. Um. The plug. The plug. Call me, Mister. Uh, that that guy that George hates. Hey, you can't say that on here. So we're going to move on from here. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Thunder Rosa being on AEW TV for a total of 19 minutes up until, like, for the entire no, two Just, months get, just give Britt Baker the title back and call no, it a day. we are going to rip her apart after the pay-per-view match if it's not up to par. Okay, that's true. Save that for that. 
Oh. Yeah, I hope I hope Serena Deeb does better than yesterday on the on the mic because yesterday she sounded bitter. That's a, that that promo was horrible. You know yeah. what's really funny? The promo wasn't delivered good, but that's more of like what the women's division needs in AEW is like more of the like the in ring promos with the entertainment part, like the sport. Like it was more of a sports entertainment promo, and I don't think Serena was the right person that should have got that off. But no, it was yeah. cringy, like, and I feel like she was just trying to think of stuff to say that was going on. Yeah, like yeah. so, like she didn't deliver it right, but the style of promo is more of what AEW needs. That's my final yes. for that. Yes. They just the, the thing is they give so much finance like freedom on the mic, but she was just saying ran like oh you know you don't respect me, you know like the corny like you know and she was just making stuff up as she went and she said the same thing, in sixty different ways. She sounded very bitter towards WWE exactly like saying the same things about what happened. Then. You ever notice they bring up WWE every week. I also didn't like how she called them old pedophiles at WWE, but that was another Yes. Thing. Did they really? Did she? Yeah. When did she say that? Yeah. She said, she said I have even plans for the old pedophiles, and it was just kind of like, why? She's referring to Kevin Dunn, who was the head trainer at the Performance Center, and allegedly he, you know, did improper touches to female wrestlers and all that. No, I get, um, but it's like if they don't have him anymore, I don't know. Like I feel he like didn't, he's not there anymore. He he got fired in disgrace and all that, so he's still just sounding bitter at the end. Yeah, he should be in jail too. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, also, so well, wore the wore another shirt in Texas last night. We have to shout him out for that before we move on. Uh, he wore the abortion oh, right. That wasn't te- right yes. Texas. Yes, uh, that's he's two for two in Texas, and let's go CM Punk. Doing yes. the right I thing. That was Texas. That was really. It's cool to see like he's able to get that off on national TV. Uh, CM Punk is gonna win. CM Punk is gonna win the title at the pay per view. You know, I, so. I agree, hundred percent. Let's go CM Punk. What do you think, Remy? I think they might. They better do it. Otherwise, they're gonna have to give him like some rematch on Dynamite. Then he'd better win it. But they know what's best for business. They're struggling with Paige, man. I've not seen one person compliment Paige entirely. Like, yeah, he makes good matches, but no one ever says I'm satisfied with his run. No one. No one ever says. I came here to see Adam Page. That's that too. Yeah. That's I mean, I feel like they just they just haven't booked him right. Like sure George, the, George likes I'm, him, but maybe I just don't like how he's booked. But I don't find the thing. Like I could care less about the guy. If I can give you one one piece of point of view here, because I liked Adam Page up until he got shoved down our throats to become the title to become the champion. If you remember before when he was like before he took that hiatus because he had a kid and all that. Um, the drunken cowboy they, gimmick. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, that was part of it. But I mean, with him and Kenny Omega being tag tied, tag champions, and they ended up breaking out, and that was there was a lot of intensity then, especially also at that point, it was like the elite versus dark order in a lot of ends. And so at that moment in time, I feel like they were setting it up so that he can be the one to take it off of Kenny Omega. But in the end, he took that uh, paternity leave for, what was it, like five months or something like that? And when he came back, he was still, like, in queue. Even though he hadn't fought for forever, how was he number one ranked? Or no, he won whatever, the brass, whatever. But still, in the end, he got shoved down our throats, and it wasn't a compelling storyline at that moment. But in the beginning, if they had actually continued with it before he took that break, that's when it was exciting. He's not good on the mic. He's a great fighter, sure. He's not good on the mic, but that moment, that's when the storyline was just fluid. Do now it's just why? Yeah. Do you want to know why it's they didn't do it right when uh, bringing him back right away and forced him to win that? Because they didn't why? take full advantage of their twelve weeks in between pay per views, and they decided to wait for the last month because that ladder match took place on a dynamite. That's true too. 
See, I mean, this is a conversation we were having yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, and I, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, they have, they need to add a couple of more in between, or something like that, or figure out proper timing. They can't have 12 weeks, and they can't have four weeks like WWE does. They need to have a, and they need to organize their storylines better. They need so many stories just to be continued, and they never continue it. That's the only reason why I don't like these like special one-off appearances. If they were able to like mold them properly, it would be cool. But yeah, they're no, just, AEW is like winging it too hard now. WWE is winging it every week, but at least they bring it together somehow. AEW just wings it and leaves so many loose ends. Speaking of winging, we can we can uh, transition here. Yesterday on AEW, they uh, they announced the five on five match between the Jericho Appreciation Society at the pay per view and uh, the British Bullshit Club, whatever you want to call them. Blackpool Combat Club. No I'm one cares about The British Bullshit it's the Club. WWE, it's the WWE Club. Yes, yeah, the WWE I respect Club. Regal plus that I will call it the Blackpool Combat Club because he's from Blackpool. And so, as you know, did you know John Moxley gets paid $10 million a year? No, he doesn't. That's Get what out I, of here. I swear to God. Get out of here. That's more than Roman makes. Yes. Than, yeah, that's probably the highest contract I've ever seen annually. This is no, why Cody Brock, left. Brock gets fifteen million. This is why Cody left. Okay, part time though. But I mean, yes, like I'm that that would be stunning if that's actually confirmed. I've never heard that. I haven't even that either. That is wow. a, that's an amazing number. Like I said, he though, makes six million. Left. I'm sorry, six million. That's still a lot though. A little more believable, but still, yeah. I don't think he's worth six million personally. That's how they use him, which they haven't he used. He also just resigned time. a contract, apparently. He he resigned a contract this past week, apparently. So yeah, three years for six million. Wow. Each interesting. So no, not six million each. Probably six million in total, but it's still. Oh, oh still okay, money. dude, that makes more sense. Okay. It's still three. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you gotta remember, they, AEW still lost ten million dollars, like a hundred million dollars this year. Yeah, they're in the red every year. Uh, so on Dynamite, they set up the five-on-five match for double or nothing. And it was it's gonna be the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the British Combat Club and Santino <laughs> Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. I don't know how the numbers are gonna equal out because I just said six on five, but they'll figure that out. That's their job. Um, they'll figure it out the day before. While they were trying to while they were announcing the match, they te- so this past week the big rumor was that they announced a conf- confrontation between the two sides in order to do in order to announce the blood and guts for the pay per view. Which that that's cool. Like obviously that's a that was a rumor. That sounds like a great story. You're setting up the five on five for this region. You kind of had the guys get involved, to, like these big names, so you could sell it. You would think. So the promo starts. They're talking back and forth. William Regal's talking about shoving people's toothbrushes up his butt and whatever else they were going on about. Then and Jericho peeing in his teeth. And P- Jericho peeing in the teeth. Yep, that was a good throwback reference. And then Jericho yeah. announces, "Hey, we want to face you guys in a stadium stampede match." They've done. They did two throughout two. Two throughout the pandemic, and then Moxie says, "No, this isn't the time. I'm not doing that sports entertainment bullshit." Tied it into the storyline perfectly, which I liked. Where they lost me with this is they just announced the no DQ anything anything goes match. So obviously, blood and guts was just a rumor. But why would you force in these big stars into your pay per view match? Rush the setup like we just talked about. Set up the confrontation just to announce a no DQ match that you do at every pay per view as a tag team match. I just feel like they kind of missed the mark with it. Obviously, the match itself will probably be freaking great. Ten people going around the arena beating the heck out of each other. There's going to be no downtime for that. But it's just, it didn't feel like they pulled it off correctly. I think even I if they just went about it, even if they yeah. just went about it without teasing the stadium stampede, and it's just they had the face to face, and then it's like, hey, 
we'll see you at double or nothing in the no DQ. I think it, it would have connected better with me, but because they teased another special match and then didn't announce the special match and it was just the five on five is where they lost me. How do you guys feel about my jumbled story of explaining to you how it broke down? Um, I, I think they just wanted to, I, uh, honestly, I don't really have an opinion because I got confused with everything you were saying, to be honest. Okay, let me, let me throw my thought out there. I think you guys, oh, Dakota, you have an opinion. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, so I think that the reason why they did, I don't know about the stadium stampedes thing, but the blood and guts aspect, if you guys know why they made that previous uh, pay-per-view called Blood and Guts, it was because it was some reference to how WWE mocked them once upon a time. Like, that's how they called their fights or whatever. And the thing about it, if you've also noticed in these last few weeks, um, AEW was allegedly being criticized by Discovery, their parent company, or TBS, TNT's parent company, all this about how they have been bleeding a lot. There's too much blood, too much violence in that form, and they, de- like, uh, what's it called? Advertisers didn't like it. That makes sense, and that's also why I, it's definitely not a coincidence that over the last, what, month or so, there's not been much bleeding, if any, I think, and they've kind of taking it down a notch on that level. And to the credit of the content, I think it's made for better matches because I personally think forcing blood, blading and all that is not attractive. But either way, I think that's also why, I don't know about the stadium stampede side, that's why they were not going to go for a blood and guts match. I don't even know if they're going to make someone bleed on the pay-per-view, but they're trying to kind of make a more tame approach. They can make all these weapons and hardcore-esque matches with no DQ and all that. Like how they did with Jeff Hardy and Darby last week, but doesn't have to blood, like bleed you all over the place. And so that's it, I'm, my theory here is just that this partially played into why they teased that blood and guts aspect, but they didn't actually want to go for it. They're not going to go for blood and guts anymore. They're going to try to clean up their image a little bit for the sake of you know their parent or their uh, TV provider. So they have to. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fight some of your points here. The the, the Blood and Guts originally was a Dynamite special. It wasn't a pay-per-view. Sure. It was That's a weekly special. That's um, even worse. That is even worse. But they the pay-per-view hosts do not have ties to the Warner and the other company. Like What right. you do on pay-per-view does not affect as much as your week-to-week program. And so they're still going to have the blood on the pay-per-view. It'll still be a lot more of the normal AEW. It's just we're going to see like the Dynamites and the Rampages toned down, I think. I think. Um, cause yes, it's, they don't connect that. as hand in hand as you think they would. They have a little more freedom than that's like the same thing with WWE on the network and stuff like that. You get a little more freedom on the pay-per-view side. It's not the, you don't have the sponsors, the, all the commercials, stuff like that. That's why you have to kind of maneuver it different. Uh, totally. I just, but as for like, okay, so if your point is right, it's like, okay, they don't want it to be called blood and guts. They don't want the blood and guts, but it's really just like we talked about the war games match with a different cage and a little more violence. You could have easily just changed the name and done some type of half-assed ex- explanation why the name was changed for the match. I just, like I said, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't sell me and it doesn't make me feel any better that we're getting the stupid no-DQ match rather than a special type of stipulation for the match. I hear you. But like we've all been saying, w- I mean, AEW is definitely winging it in a lot of ways. So I don't think they even had an idea what the fans want or what's probably best. They prob- They could very well change it next week. You know, I, there's still one more dynamite. They could change it next week into whatever the hell. I like hope what they, they do with Orange Cassidy or Mimosa match or whatever the fuck it was called. I forgot what that was called too. Uh, Dakota, do you have any closing points for the five on five? Um, 
honestly, not really. No, I just feel like. No, honestly, I don't. Perfect. I think no, they I need one. More, they need one more week of uh, of intensity between them to make people really care. I think. Yes. That. Yeah. yeah. I also don't like. Uh, like you said, you brought up the rampage and how earlier you brought up how rampage and Brian almost hurt his leg. That could be a way for Brian to sit out and not be the sixth man, but that would kind of be pointless of throwing him in that feud. Uh, Brian fell through on the side of the ring and between the ring and the apron or the ring and the entrance ramp, which we've never seen before, but hopefully he's okay. It looked like he was able to walk off. He was, I want to say he was selling it some hopefully, but he might've actually been legit hurting from falling through like that and how long they had him stuck down there. Yeah. I just don't like how they're already teasing the uh, the dist the distance between both sides of the British Combat Club, and the um, and Eddie Kingston and Ortiz and Santana. They're kind of already teasing like the separation. That'll kind of be the reason why they lose and the Jericho Appreciation Society wins. Hold up, you're saying this as if uh, Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston are considered part of BCC? That's no. what you're saying. No, okay, because they're, they're definitely not. Yeah. No, they're not. But they're all a team. It's like, why would you team them up, bring them all together? And then it's like, you're already teasing them not working together. Well, you had them bantering back and forth during the promo yesterday. And then when Brian Danielson was going to the back after the incident on the Rampage tapings, uh, him and Eddie Kingston were flipping each other off or whatever. But it's just, I don't know. The whole that makes no sense to me. I agree. a little yeah. unraveled. And it's, it's, you know, if they took more time in between shows and built this up better, might be a little more invested. But let's go Jericho Appreciation Society. We're Question getting- for you. Was, was and Willie let's Uta sing the theme song no? when we're at it. Wait, was Wheeler Yuta there yesterday or no? I don't think he was, right? He's still in Japan? Okay, so yep, you just explained it, why there's six of them. But there's five on five. five. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Wheeler Yuta was there yesterday. That's a good question. I don't remember. I don't think he was. I don't remember. Okay. I think so that mostly, yeah, I did hear you. Things. Okay. No, um, that's a good point. So that you answered my question for me then. So that's how they're going to figure out who sits out of the five on five. Because uh, you, you have brought that up before that they are sending to Japan that weekend, which is still really an interesting choice, especially with all of this, especially. But kind of feels like he's getting to the short end of the stick. They, like, it has the potential to be one of the best matches at Double or Nothing. They're kind of just shipping Wheeler Yuta off, and they're like, hey, this this whole, like, fat faction was built in hopes of, like, helping promote you and build you to a star, and we're gonna ship, we're not going to have you with them on their first, like, major match on a pay-per-view. Part of their deal with NJPW is definitely that they bring Wheeler Yuta to represent them, or somebody to represent them in that and the, their New Japan tournament. Because, I mean, he's in Japan over there. I don't know if he's going to win it or not. But they should have sent Brian Danielson instead. Yeah, but Danielson and Moxley were in the G1 tournament already, so they can't bring him for like basically the rookie rookie super card. That doesn't. Oh, okay, that I got can't you. apply tournament. Yeah, so it's like a newbies tournament. They can't really bring in veterans on top of that. But, I mean, I think when he comes back, there will probably be a big push. Hopefully, by then, they figure out what the hell they're doing with Ring of Honor because he's also one of the champions and all that. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with their big push on Lula Yuta. I think we see some major Ring of Honor movement after the Super Show in June, but we'll see what happens before. Uh, So, our last topic of the night will be a short one. I think uh, we'll get right through this, but we'll see if we actually have some debate to have. Is MJF's character kayfabe or not? Does he is he actually a dickhead to everybody in real life? No, he's, he it's kayfabe. Or is is this just all part of the character? It's all part of the character. So someone brought this up to me earlier that um, even in his tough enough tryouts, like in WWE, he was apparently a mega dick. But if you guys are familiar with what happened when he was starting with AEW, he was Cody Rhodes' best friend, and he betrayed Cody Rhodes. And so that was the angle they really moved there with it. So Wait, I mean, his video is out there from his tryout. 
Uh, yeah, I remember that. I've seen it before. Yeah, so I mean, he's he he's not exactly the sweetheart. I'm not saying this. I mean, I'm personally a big fan of MJF and all this, and I love the fact that he doesn't want to break KP. Personally, that adds an element. He's literally mean to his mom on Twitter, so like, it's yeah, definitely KP. Hey, maybe he really doesn't like his mom. Who knows? I'm kidding. But, but. I, I, here's I'm gonna break kayfabe for you. His mom's like his best friend in real life. It came out the other day. Really? Oh, that's yeah. Interesting. He's well, I think you can definitely tell he's a mama's boy. I can see that. That's why his mom leans in with it very much. I've never even seen his father. So I mean, I, I've seen but, a picture on Twitter, but that's about all I've seen. I don't think anyone ever well, sees his father. Rumor is that he's making a lot of enemies backstage just because of how he's doing this, like what he's saying about AEW teasing his whole January 1st, 2024 shit. Well, um, I mean, because he is carrying the company on the back. And because he, he just tweeted that, ironically, yeah. And enjoy the child product. He would get watered down so much, man. I really hope he doesn't. I don't think but they, I, mean, I also hope you that see what You see what WWE's doing for Cody right now. They would, they would let... They would let MJF do what he wanted. Yeah, I would say MJF's going to get a lot of, uh, especially him. Like, that's like, MJF is equally as big as the Cody if they could get that acquisition because MJF's one of their four pillars or whatever. But also, yeah. he's actually young. Like, we talked about last time. MJF, MJF is only 24 right now. Yeah. He's our age. So. 25, 25, just saying. But he'll, yes. He'll be 27 when he's WWE. And that is going to be huge for them as that will be their young, established star that they can go into the next decade and a half with. Like Roman. That man yeah. is going to get the red carpet, the bus, the private jet like Cody, and everything else in between. He's going to get the movies, the WWE movies, everything. I think he's going to get probably one of the biggest contracts we've ever heard. I agree. Oh, yeah. from I, mean, I think he'll get it from either side. But I definitely, when it comes down to it, I can see him going to WWE without a doubt. And I don't I think he I don't wants to. Because he always brings them up. Yeah. He's I think always said that he wanted work, to. He, that was his first love was WWE. So I think he'll end up going there. And come like, on, did everyone that is a wrestling fan watch WWE growing up? I mean, what other options did they genuinely have? You know, it's this is going to be my closing point for the podcast, and we'll get up out of here. It's not necessarily a matter of, oh, there wasn't any other options. It was necessarily like you wanted to be a pro wrestler growing up. You watched WWE. That was the mountaintop. That was the biggest company in the world. That was where you wanted to be. That was where you saw the biggest stars. Even Uh, though AEW is considered an alternative, it's not quite on that level. It's going to take a while for it to ever get close to that level. That's still where a lot of AEW stars are going to want to end up in their careers at some point, even if it's not to finish there. But they will want that. It's not there. gonna. It still hasn't reached 2008 impact like we talked about. That's a good. Oh, the WWE is like the NBA, and AEW is like the Euro League or something. I don't know. I can understand what you're saying, but they're trying to be big dogs. Tony Khan brags about how he makes. He has more money than or he's worth more than Vince several times. So. I mean, if he's going to pay the big bucks, he's got to pay it for MJF. One of his pillars would be a horrible look. I agree with that. They might even sign WWE might sign Sasha Banks again, like re-sign her and just let her sit just so that they don't let AEW get her. So, I mean, it's all business in this end. No, that's a great closing point. Um, I'm going to wrap us up from there. This was the end of PWW episode seven. Thank you guys for another great episode. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget the Twitter at PWW Talk. Don't forget the Ultimate Sports Network. Subscribe if you want more great content from them. And you guys can say goodbye and we'll get out of here. Go Miami. Next time. Okay. George. This yes, guy. Sir. Oh, my God. What a, Go Miami. How long of a goodbye do you have to make, man? Just say bye. Bye. <laughs>